Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Churches podcast, where we are committed to building irresistible bridges between the unchurched and Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. So a couple months ago, I was uh, at the bus stop waiting for my girls to get off the bus, and uh, all of a sudden, I see my youngest daughter get off the bus, and I see she's holding a doll that I had never seen before. And so I go up and kind of say, hey, what's, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I, I got this new doll, and I got some, some movie tickets as well. I'm like, interesting. Um, I'm not sure if she's holding up kids at, the, at, the, at school now or what's going on. But I'm not sure if you've ever tried to get information out of a a four-year-old, but it can be difficult at times, and this one uh, certainly was was no different. Um, If you ever try to have a conversation with a four-year-old and try to get some information out, it's generally two ways it goes. Either you get kind of some long, rambling explanation that doesn't really make sense and you're trying to piece it all together, or you get zero information. And this is one of those times I got zero information. Now I was asking questions, you know, so... Well, is, this, is this something your teacher gave to you? Well, no. Okay, is this something your you know, principal gave to you? No. Did another student give to you? No, it was an adult. And the more questions I, I asked, the more I heard no. And I'm like, are there people just hanging outside of your school, like giving stuff to kids? Because I have some questions. And I, I was just trying to ask, and you know, I asked her older sister, and she didn't know, so that was no help. And the more questions I asked us, the more confused I was, and honestly, slightly worried about what was going on and who was giving her gifts for no reason at all. And uh, anyway, my, my wife gets home a little bit later, and we go through the same routine again. She gets home and is like, so, you know, did your teacher give this to you? And, she, and we go through all the same questions, probably a little more because she's wiser than me and had some better questions, but goes through, through all the questions and we still have no idea what's going on and why she has this. Well, thankfully, uh, her teacher ended up emailing us a little bit later, uh, reassuring us that there was a raffle going on at her school. It was just before Christmas, and they decided to give uh, some things out to different, uh, different kids in different grades. And she won this raffle. And I was very thankful that I didn't have to go down with the police and you know, look for people hanging outside her school, just giving stuff to kids. But I was worried about this because it was just, it was just something weird about it, right? Just something odd that you don't, you don't just give people stuff. Like, that's just, that's just weird. And, and, and I had this kind of uncertain, uncertainty inside me about what was going on. And we've all had a situation like that to some degree. And it may look different for you. Maybe it was a, something with your kids. Maybe it was something with you. Even in this church, my first Christmas Eve service here, uh, we had been doing a series called uh, Presents right up to Christmas. And we thought, hey, you know, we've been doing this series called Presents. It's Christmas Eve. Maybe we should give out some presents, give out some gifts. So, so we had this set up, and we gave out uh, some, some movie tickets, I think, some hockey tickets. Um, and we gave out a Star Wars drone. And that was what I was supposed to give out. I was the first one to come out and give something. So we were going on, and when my cue comes, I'm kind of running down the aisle with the mic and, and the drone in one hand and say, hey, who likes Star Wars? And, you know, look for someone really excited and then give them the drone. And it was a lot of fun. Partly, I thought it would be fun to give people free stuff, but it was really fun to see people's reactions because everyone was confused. Like, they, people ran out, and they're like, I, I, I do like Star Wars, but, like, am I actually getting this? 
Like, is, is this something that's actually a gift? Like, is an empty box, is it a trick? Or maybe it's a sermon illustration. And like, in a couple of minutes, the pastor's gonna get up and start talking and I'm gonna have to give it back and it's gonna represent something. Like, is that what's going on here? Or do I, I think someone's gonna catch me out in the hall and I have to give it back so they can use it for the next service? Like, what's going on? And they're really, really, really confused because, because we've all had something like this, right? We've all had something internally that just says, you don't get something for nothing. You don't get something for nothing. That's just not something that happens, right? And if you've ever been given a gift before, it's kind of this weird, uneasy feeling where you're like, I didn't earn this. I didn't, I didn't deserve this. I didn't give you a gift, right? And we've all kind of felt something like this. And it's deep inside of us. It's ingrained in us since we were kids. Because I would bet that every parent has said this or something like this. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is, right? We've all been told that, or we've probably all told our kids that. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. It's meant as a warning sign, right? If it seems too good to be true, you need to be careful. You need to be weary. You need to be careful about what's going on. The, 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 you know, your body needs to be kind of a little cautious about what's happening because you just don't get something for nothing. That's not how the world works. It's just not how it goes. But we've all kind of We've all kind of felt that in different ways. And the problem is, this has, inf- inf- this has infiltrated every area of our life, including when it comes to the topic of salvation. Many of you have come into a place like this or logged on to a thing like this, and you've heard some sort of t- pastor or, or somebody talk about this idea there's a free gift from God that God is willing to give you a free gift of salvation, that you can have eternity with him. You just have to accept that gift. It's just free. And that's a hard struggle for a lot of us. That's a hard struggle for a lot of us because it just seems too good to be true. And isn't it true that, that the bigger the gift is, the harder it is for us to wrestle with this? Like, if I were to say, hey, guys, um, you know, if you're new here today, go visit the new here kiosk, and uh, we've got a little bag for you. And if you were to open up that bag and see there's a, there's a mug inside and, and a little bit of information, you'd be like, hey, that's, that's nice, and it's, it's a nice little gift. There's not, oh, sorry, there's a mug. But what I'm about to say is not what's happening, so don't get, don't get lost. But if I were to say, hey, guys, we've got a really great gift for you today, and uh, inside the bag, if you go out there, there's $1,000 in your bag. It's just our way to say thank you so much for being here today. We're so glad you're here. You'd have some questions, right? Some of you would be running out of here and grabbing every bag you could. But, like, you have some questions. You're like, is that... That can't be really true, can it? Like, the bigger the gift is, the more questions we have, the more we doubt its validity. And so what we hear about salvation can be a free gift. Ah, I don't know. And for some of us, we can come and get a mug, or we can even come on a Christmas Eve and get a Star Wars drone, or we can get free coffee. But the idea that, that salvation is a free gift, that just seems a step too far. That seems like, ah, it's just a little too, too much. Because a lot of us, we've said things like this. We said, well, if God really knows what I've done, finish the sentence. If God really knows what I've done, he wouldn't love me. If God really knows what he, I've done, you know, you'd know this doesn't apply to me. It might apply to some other people. It might apply to some people who are better than me. Even, I don't even know if it's true, but if it is true, it at least doesn't apply to people like me. It applies to the good people, 
the people who are further down the road than I am, the people who are you know, closer to God. It, doesn't, it can't apply to me. And for some of you, that's a real, real struggle. For some of you, that comes because you've known some Christians, unfortunately, and the Christians haven't represented Christ very well, and they've looked at you and they've condemned you, and the talk of salvation feels more like a judge's gavel coming down and just condemning you and judging you for, for who you are and, and the life you have, and it just seems like that's what they're more concerned about. And for you, you're just like, I don't know if that really applies to me. A free gift of salvation, I, I don't know if that fits me. For others, for others, it's the comparison game. For others, you've been around church a little while and you look to the left and to the right and you go, well, I get it for them. Like they're, they're doing much better than I am. But not, I, I'm struggling. I'm really wrestling through this. And for you, you may perceive someone as a, as a person of faith based on what they do. You go, they're a person of faith because I see the works that they're doing. I can see how they're acting. I can see how their life lives. And like, they must be doing really, really well. And I can see how things are for them. But, but God, I don't know if he offers the same thing to me. And we wrestle through this. We wrestle through this. And it, it's hard. And we all kind of have this thing inside of us where we say we just, you know, if God offers salvation, if it's even a thing, I got I to gotta be able to earn it somehow. Like that's just how the world works and that's just how things around me work. I, I got to be able to work my way up somehow. It has to be about me doing something, right? The person I want to look at today, the pastor I want to look at today was written by a guy named Paul. And Paul, he has an incredible story. Um, he, if you don't like Christians, you like Paul. He hated Christians. Uh, he was a Pharisee, and he wanted to go against every single thing that the early church did. Everything about Jesus, he wanted to stomp out. In fact, he was on the way to killing more Christians when he had his conversion story. And he is just an incredible guy, and he writes two-thirds, uh, ends up writing two-thirds of the New T Testament after he is converted. And he's kind of struggling with this because he is certainly a part of the old system. And, and really, for generations, for generations, they had a system where they had to do something. They had to go to the temple. They had to sacrifice animals. They had to, they had to do something for God to show up. They had to do it. And Paul was ingrained in that. But when Paul realizes, realizes what Jesus has done, when, when Paul realizes that the system has changed, he says, well, guys, we need to make sure we get this right. We cannot get this backwards. It is so important we understand Jesus' place and what he did and what this means for us. And he speaks into that because he realizes that we all lose. Everyone loses when we get this wrong. Faith becomes more about convicting. Faith becomes more about, like, I don't know if it, I can really, if it really works for me. I don't know if it's offered to me the same way. And Paul understands, like, how horrible would it be to get to the end of your life thinking, oh, I just need to be a good enough person and realizing that's not what it's about at all. So Paul just feels the weight of this. He feels it, and it's weighing on him, and he wants to speak into this so that everyone understands that what, is, what Jesus has come to do and in this weighing on him, he writes this letter. He writes a letter to a church uh, in a place called Ephesus. And in chapter 2, he writes this. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. 
You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the, of the powers in, unseen, in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. He says, all of us, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So Paul is going for a really uplifting message here. But he's going, hey, guys, 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 you need to understand where you are. The fact is, we have all sinned. We have all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. We all need a savior. He's saying it's so unbelievably important that if you, you need to understand this before you understand anything else, that you are a disaster, and I'm a disaster, and we're all disasters, and we might look differently, we might drive different cars, we might live in different places, we might be different in a lot of ways, but there's one thing that we all have in common, and that is that we all have sinned, and therefore we all need a savior. Now, some of you, you hear something like that, and you're like, well, I don't know if that's really true. I don't know if that's, if that's really true, because I mean, generally, I'm a pretty good person, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I think it's still about being better than the next guy, and I don't know if they're going to make it, but, but I'm doing pretty well. Like, I'm a pretty good person. But I were to, I would to bet, if I were to be able to sit down with you, and I'd be able to pry a little bit, and we'd have a coffee together, my guess is you've probably fallen short of your own standards, haven't you? Because I think we've all fallen short of our own standards at times. You've fallen short of standards as a parent, as a spouse, certainly the person you want to be, right? We have this idea, as imperfect as we are, we have this idea of the people we want to be. But we mess it up all the time, right? I was thinking this, this past week, and I, I, I was thinking about this topic, and, and, and you know, I even had the slides made up. And I have this idea of, of what I want to be as a dad. I have this idea of, of what I want my, my girls to think about me. And I have this idea of, you know, genera- or, or, sorry, years later, uh, what I want them to say about me and, and even say to the next generation after I'm gone, you know, what dad was like. And I have this picture of what I want it to be. But I blow it all the time. This past week, I blew it big, so much so I had to leave the room because me and my oldest daughter, we were just button heads, and it, I, was, I just have to have a moment. I blew it. I had the standard of how I wanted to be as a parent, as a dad, and I blew it. And I think if we're depressed, we all have areas of our life, and if you're anything like me, maybe you have lots of areas of your life, where you're like, I have the standard of what I like to be like, how I want to, 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 to be, but I don't quite do it. We all fall short of those standards. And one of the things I love about Paul is he can relate, and he's pretty honest. In another letter he writes to a church in Rome, he writes this. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do, sorry, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Don't raise your hand. But can you relate? I can. I certainly can relate to this. And what Paul is saying is, hey, you have standards for your life that you've fallen short on. If you compare yourself to a perfect God, you're going to fall short. 
you're going to fall short. So Paul says, hey, they get into this conversation. Let me be crystal, crystal clear. We need to understand we all need a savior. He goes on. But God, but God's so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. He goes on. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of his incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in, as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. He goes on. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Paul says, yeah, we are all disasters, but I want to tell you something great. He offers you a gift. He offers you relationship with him. And I love the way he puts this because you know what? A lot of us have some pretty incredible stories. I've heard some of the stories that, that are represented in this room. Stories of people who you know, made it in the business world. They've, they've climbed the corporate ladder and they started off you know, being the grunts and getting the coffee and doing all the jobs that no one wanted to do. And they've worked their way up the ladder and now they're running the place. They're doing so incredibly well and they've worked their way up. And it's an amazing story. Some of you, you've changed your home life. You know, you grew up in a really bad, hard situation. And you not only got out of there, you went on and got an education, got a job. You had kids and you said, hey, I am not going to repeat this. And you ended up changing your family tree because of the work you did. And you said, hey, I'm just not going to be that. And you have done some incredible work. But those stories are about you. And what Paul says is this story, the story of salvation is not about you. It's about God. That what he did for you. We can't do it. Only he can. And the good news is he did. He goes on. Salvation is not a reward for the good things or some translations say the good works that we have done so that none of us can boast. Four. For we are God's masterpieces. We're not masterpieces, our own masterpieces. We are God's masterpieces. He, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to talk more about the good things next week. I'm not saying good works are not important. I'm not saying that at all. I say we're going to talk about it entirely next week. But what I'm saying is we cannot get this Reversed. We cannot get this backwards. Paul is just pressing on his listeners to say, hey, you need to understand. You need Jesus. And the good thing is, he came for you. The good news is he can, came for you because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your works are. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. No matter how good of a person you are, and I hope you're an amazing person. 
but it's just not good enough. It doesn't matter how high you try and reach, you're just not going to reach God. He's too high. I don't care how tall, are you, how tall you are. I don't care how big your ladder is. You're just not going to reach him. So what he did is he came down to you. He did it for you and says, I got this because I love you. I care about you. I'm going to die for you. So all you have to do is accept the gift. You don't have to earn your way. I got it. I got you covered. The hard part about this is it goes against everything in us. Everything in us says this is just can't be this way. This can't be the system. And God could have created a system where we had to work our way and we get a certain amount of tokens. And if we get enough tokens, we get the big prize at the end. Like he could have done something like that, but he didn't. He said, hey, I've got you. This is about me doing work for you, not you doing work for me. You are not. You are not saved because you are good enough. You are saved because God is gracious enough. You are not saved because you are good enough. You are saved because God is gracious enough. You're not saved because your works are good enough. You're saved because of the good work he did. That's what saves you. And that's what Paul is so desperately trying to get across and what I'm so desperately trying to get across today. Works are great. We'll talk more about them. But when it comes down to it, we need to make sure we understand first things first. And that's that God showed up in a powerful way for you. This matters. It's so hard because it goes against what we believe in. But if we, if we understand this, we can start to get things right because if we get this right, it changes everything. And if we get this right, the world starts to change. If we get this right, you are here today and you are watching online and, and you hear about a free gift of salvation. My hope and my challenge to you, even though we may have heard it before, is say maybe, maybe it is true. I understand it's a step of faith. I really understand that. But everything is. And you have the opportunity to pray, God, help me with my unbelief. Because if this is real, I want it. Just like the people on Christmas Eve, if you're really offering me a drone, I want it. I'll take it. I want it. You have the opportunity to say to God, hey, God, I don't even know if this is real. But if it is, I want it. I want a relationship with you. And I want to put my hope and my trust in you. It seems crazy. It seems too good to be true. But if there's a chance it is, count me in. If we get this right, we stop comparing ourselves. We stop looking to the person on the left and the right and we say, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. We're not comparing to the other person. We're saying, hey, God, you have worked in incredible ways and I am so thankful. And if I can press a little bit, because Scott needs more angry emails. Um, if I can press a little bit, <laughs> um, if, if I can press a little bit, really, I think where this impacts so much is in the way that Christians interact with non-Christians. Because some of us, we've been around the church for a while, we've been a Christian for a long time, and, and we've kind of forgotten this. We might know it intellectually, but in the way we interact with people who aren't Christians, we've been that gavel We've been convicting. We've been telling them, hey, you need to change this. You need to change that. You need to change that lifestyle. You cannot 
again, we'll talk about works next week, but, but how would it change if we were to say, no, no, no. The same grace that God offered me, he offers you. What if our interactions with people were, were less convicting and more, hey, can I tell you a crazy story? Can I tell you an insane story what God's done for me? Let me tell you about the mess I am. And let me tell you what God offered me. Let me tell you how he changed me. What if we were to have those conversations with people? What if we were to say, hey, I know what seems too good to be true, but he offers that same thing to you as well. I think if we get this right, it changes everything. But Paul made it so incredibly clear we have to get it in the right order. Works matter, but if we just put works first, we miss the entire thing. That's that God came for you. God loves you and cares about you so much that he died for you. That he wants a relationship with you. That's what we need to cling to. Paul said it as clear as he possibly could. I'm saying as clear as I possibly can. That's what the salvation message is. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to, to wrestle through this today. Lord, I know this lands differently with different people. Some of us need that reminder, reminder today. Some of us, we've heard it a million times, but we need that reminder that it's not about us. We can't get our noses up in the air and, and be convicting of people like they don't know or not doing something that we're doing, but, but that you are there loving them just as much as you love us. For some of us today, Lord, we are wrestling with this idea of maybe, just maybe, it's true. Lord, I just pray that wherever this lands, that you'd be working in people's minds and hearts, and especially for those who, who aren't sure, but just, just maybe believe it's true. Lord, I pray even in the quietness of this moment or in the next song that they'd, they'd spend some time praying with you and say, hey, I, I don't know, but I want to. Help me with my unbelief. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we wrestle through this series and certainly as we get into next week, as important as, as, as works are and as important as salvation is, that we make sure we get it in the right order. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace, even though we don't deserve it. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you're looking for ways to take your next step, please visit us on our website, bridgechurches.ca. Much love. God bless.